0: You're listening to the Screener's Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Next Trek Podcast. Every week we break down the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery and give our thoughts on the final frontier. My name is Tyler and we are without Chris this week because he decided to take a vacation without us. Uh, but, it, don't worry, it's not just me randomly talking at you and, and uh, discussing with myself. I do have a friend, uh, this is a longtime friend of mine, we, we met at uh, an old job of, of mine and we, we struck up lots of really geeky conversations about sci-fi and fantasy and just way too many uh, things while we were supposed to be working. Uh, so here we have KB. Yes. Well, welcome to the next Trek KB. Um let's dive right in. What's your why are you here? What what's what do you what's your background with Star Trek? What do you like about it? What do you hate about it? What are you worried about? All that fun stuff.
0: So Star Trek goes way back for me. Next Generation was my first show. Um original series was only movies for me until we started watching it in syndication as a family growing up. But we uh, watched Next Generation, we watched Voyager, we cosplayed, Uh, I was always Geordie LaForge with a headband across my eyes, that was, you know, an important thing. Um, But I didn't actually watch Enterprise and DS9 until the last five years, and that has been pretty awesome. So latecomer to both uh, found a way to actually really enjoy Enterprise, I know its reputation. Um, but I've now seen it four times straight through, so I've made my peace with it, and I've got a lot of good things. You're on
1: four times?
0: Yep, four times now. Wow,
1: I thought... I mean, I, you just you just watched it around the same time I did, too, and, and... That was my fourth. Yeah, I thought that was your third. Wow, okay. You've, you've got it. Yeah. And, and the animated series? How many times through that?
0: Animated series is the only one I have not seen, so I'm a little oh. bit um, failing in my cred there, but it's on the list, I promise. Um, I have read some of the Extended Universe uh, though all of it is uh, next generation uh, books, with the exception of there was a Generations one that had uh, both Kirk and Picard. Not one nice. of my favorites, but that was my only dip into the EU for um, for the original series. Um, so yeah, cool. That's me in Star Trek.
1: Nice. Well, it's, so it's safe to say Picard is your captain. I mean, no question. Or is or is it between Picard and Kirk? Or does Sisko get any love?
0: So Picard is definitely my captain, but like he is like a smidge above uh, Cisco, and this is slightly controversial. Janeway. That's like my triad of oh above Kirk.
1: Totally. Oh man. All right. Wow. So, uh, so let I mean, getting into Discovery. Then, how how are you feeling about Lorca?
0: Lorca. I've got The jury's still out on him. I don't dislike him, but I haven't seen enough yet to make me go, I think I'm going to like you. It's more of a, hmm, we'll see.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I'm i still stuck. Because I, 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 I described him, I think, as a Bond villain the first time I, I saw him. And that hasn't completely gone away. This episode, which I we're, we'll get into it, but this episode, I think, has made him more sympathetic to me but of course they won't let it be as simple as being sympathetic because you don't know if you can trust your sympathy
0: right they have forecast that pretty well that Lorca is not going to be a simple character that they're going to upset our expectations in whatever way they can and try to keep us off balance for a while um Captain Giorgio, on the other hand that's probably my biggest disappointment of the new show so far is her exiting the show so early yeah um because I was loving her
1: I know. I really want, especially again with the flashbacks that we got this episode. I want more flashbacks with Giorgio from now on.
0: Yeah, that is a sincere hope for me. Anything that has more Michelle Yeoh in it is always amazing. So let's let's hope the showrunners are listening to the show and take our advice.
1: Oh, they are. They they definitely are. All right. Well, let's get into uh, into the discussion of the episode because I think this is going to be a, a meaty one. As I, th- I think I say that every week because they all have been meaty so far. So, well, this is. Uh, Letha or Actually no it's Lethe, Lethe. It's Lethe mm-hmm. right Yeah it is um, I pronounced it the wrong way And then I looked it up yesterday And I can't stop saying it the wrong way um, So it's Lethe Which is written by Joe Manoski Who wrote uh, Maybe It's not my, it's not in my top five But it's probably in my top ten Favorite Star Trek episodes of all time He wrote Dharma. Yeah
0: yeah
1: And so I mean we've got We've got tre- uh, next, Not only Trek royalty But next generation royalty Writing um, An episode here Did it live up... I mean, just in short, did it live up to the expectations of Darmok or did you see it on on its own?
0: I saw it as a separate thing. Um, I actually looked at it more in combination with the original show from uh, uh, Dagger of the Mind from the original series, which Mm. has the character Lethe in it, which I rewatched in preparation for this. And so that was more the context that I thought about it in.
1: Oh, cool. All right. And that... I didn't. Um, Once I... Uh, it, once I was pretty sure that that Lethe, the character wasn't going to be in it, I was like, "Well, there was just a you know, whether it was a diversion or a weird coincidence." I did I decided not to watch it, but I'll be I'm curious to see if you did see some good crossover or some good at least um, cross pollination maybe mm-hmm. between the two. I
0: have a few thoughts there. Yep.
1: Cool. Well, so in summary, uh, just a, so what we're gonna do, we're trying something new. A, a quick summary uh, from just from CBS, and that kind of gives the overview and then you know forgives us if we you know skip some small details here and there which I'm sure we won't because we've been talking way too detailed so uh so summary uh, in summary this is from cbs.com the USS Discovery is intrigued by new edition Lieutenant Ash Tyler Sarek seeks Burnham's help rekindling memories from her past and Admiral Cornwell questions Lorca's tactics
0: dun dun dun
1: (laughs) I know And, and that I mean boy does she uh this, I think, is a huge episode for a lot of things, and this is stuff we're going to see in just a little bit. We get um, name-checking the Enterprise for the first time explicitly, yes. although we've seen, like, April and Pike named, at least, up until this point. Um, we we hear Spock's name for the first time again. Um, we see Amanda, which is crazy, and then we, we get to see a little bit of uh, Burnham's life on Vulcan. So... Big backstory episode. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I think it helped. This was a more self-contained episode for the larger discovery universe because we dug a lot deeper into history.
1: Yeah. And I, I liked it. I mean, I was pretty happy with that. I I kind of, this is a question we asked earlier on, you know, is this going to be so heavily serialized that you cannot pick an episode out of it? I actually think you could say you can watch this episode, um, by itself, and yes, you're going to be missing some things, as with any show. But you could watch this episode just as Michael Burnham backstory, and and get some good, some good background, some good information.
0: Yeah, they had a good balance here because I mean we had our serialized elements, which we'll talk about later. But they were more sprinkled in. This was clearly a character development episode, a yeah. history episode, and I think that worked pretty well.
1: Yeah. Well, so we start with uh, – just right before the credits, we start on Vulcan with Sarek boarding a, a ship with adjunct Vlatak, uh, which was I, – I loved Vulcan. I guess we see lots of different Vulcan. We have a, a good view in in, uh, um, in the animated series. That's that's like our best view for a very long time. We see it in a muck time. Um, I like Vulcan. <sighs> we don't get hanging upside down cities like we do in, in the Abrams verse, but – I like seeing Vulcan. You're
0: giving me yet another reason to prioritize the animated series because one of my favorite parts of Enterprise was getting to see more of Vulcan than we had uh, in quite a while. And that's a culture that I wanted to explore a lot more that it seems like it's been underexplored thus far. Oh,
1: and and which is so weird because we've had Spock since day one. You know, he's the only one to have been in both pilots. um, Except, I guess, Major Major Barrett. But um, he... So we've seen Vulcan, so we, it seemed, until Enterprise, it seemed basically like we had we knew the Vulcans, right? They're just, oh, they're stoic, you know, we have Tuvok, we had Sarek, we had all these other things. But, but then Enterprise digs in a lot more deeply, and I loved that. Um, and Yesteryear, if you're going to watch anything, just pick out, just watch Yesteryear from the animated series. And then see if you like it, the rest of it, because the storytelling is just fantastic. And we get we get some depth, depth into Vulcan for the first time, so Excellent. I like it.
0: Thanks for that tip.
1: So yeah, we uh, nothing much to see there other than we open up, we get a good view, you know, of, of Vulcan. They take off. He's got a secret mission, and Sarek is being cagey as Sarek is. Um, and then we we flip over to uh, Tilly and Michael Burnham running through the corridors, and Michael Burnham just you know encouraging, and she's she's Tilly's life coach, which I don't know if that's the best choice <laughs> for Tilly's life coach, but I I love it. What you're yeah what are you what are you thinking because you're making faces right now and it's and it's great what are you what are you thinking this
0: scene was so adorable between the two of them also we get michael burnham smiling very genuinely there's no right? wincing anything else i mean, i'm watching the scene going first of all disco shirts love the disco shirts and it it, it took
1: all of my effort to not buy those on star immediately seriously
0: um and so, I don't know. Tilly is a breath of fresh air. She lightens Michael Burnham up in fun and interesting ways. And the idea of the fleet um, trader being her mentor to become captain, that was totally worth the laugh.
1: Oh my gosh. I, I love it. And and you, it actually makes you forget a little bit that Michael Burnham is this infamous trader because Tilly is just... So ready to just listen to her, and it's and it's great. And you and because we've seen Michael Burnham's decision process, we know she's not, you know, an insane egomaniac, you know, you know, murderer out there. She there is there were two sides of that story. It's you know you just think oh Tilly like do you know who you're listening to like why don't you go jogging with with Saru a little bit but I I still love them like and then they get to the <laughs> then they get to the um the what's it called the, the yes, mess well, yeah and she's force-feeding her burritos
0: and, <laughs> healthy, ones, healthy, diagnosed, and healthy ones healthy you have to do it this way which side note the replicator like talking up the food like it needs friendly a, replicator like it needs a cheering squad for why this food yes. is amazing that was cracking me yeah. up
1: oh man i i i a fan- i wrote it down a fantastic source of antioxidants <laughs> it's just all right cool you know or and i think it comments in the burritos like uh, two appetizing and nutrient-filled burritos. Like, all
0: right, thanks, computer. Which wasn't <laughs> convincing Tilly until the salsa.
1: <laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, I, that was that was a perfect. Uh, I love Michael Burnham and Saru, and I love Michael Burnham and Tilly, and so and it's and actually starting with this episode, I really like Stamets a lot more. But we'll we'll get into him a bit. Um, yeah, I'm just I love the heart written into this. That it is feeling more like a crew now, not a bunch of random people put together, but starting to feel like a crew
0: yes and we've had you know michael Burnham has had months in jail and everything else to really think about everything that happened her decisions to really hate on herself and to be able to see her sort of grow and expand a little bit and like forget that for half a minute Um, yeah it's i mean it's good for her development and uh it feeds of course into her interaction with um ash tyler later uh, which we'll talk about. Yep. But I think she would not have been ready for that interaction if it weren't for Tilly and how they get on.
1: Yeah. Well and that and that Tilly immediately, like in the first episode, is just like, You're mentoring me, by the way, and then introduces her as such in the in the next episode. I love it. I think it's great. Uh so we uh we we did skip over a little bit. We get combat training. Um so we it, it's I like I don't know actually if this is now that I think about it, maybe a little bit sexist but we have we have michael burnham and tilly jogging through the hallways you know and then having tilly wants a green smoothie and then lorca and and ash tyler are just like murdering klingons in the somehow we have a holodeck but we're gonna bypass that um it i that i'm stuck on their relationship Mm -hmm. between lorca and tyler where where are you
0: yeah i mean in terms of the whole sexist thing i think that um we know that Michael Burnham can take on Klingons without trouble, so That's we've established that just fine.
1: I just want to see Tilly shooting Klingons. That's really what I want in my I life.
0: mean, yes, if we would have traded those scenes and seen Lorca and Tyler like jogging up the hall, I mean, we could have made that work, or the disco shirts would have <laughs> been a different um, look yes. on them. And yeah, well, why pass the, apparently they have a holodeck part. Hmm, that yeah. was interesting. Um, I- I'm
1: done trying to reconcile technology.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it occurs to me, though, that um, this sort of you know, male bonding ritual. Of let's go shoot something together. I mean, that yeah. certainly rings true. Um, uh, so in getting to know each other, I mean, we got part of uh, Tyler's backstory in there that he's orphaned, that he's from Seattle, all of that. But we also had Lorca sort of showing him, look, if you're going to be here, I want you to be honest with me. I don't want you like, mm-hmm. you know, kissing my butt to make me feel better just because I'm the captain. Um, yeah. those were some interesting don't apologize reveals.
1: for being good or something like that being, he's excellent. Like being skilled or yeah
0: exactly i thought that was but revealing about tyler but also revealing about lorca himself and what he expects out of his people how he thinks um he's not a standard captain and he keeps showing yeah. that fact
1: yeah i like i really like that what it reveals about lorca i wonder i had a theory a little bit that that lorca and Okay, so well, you know the big the big conspiracy theory right now about um, Volk actually being Ash Tyler, right. right? Have you heard that? So I don't we I don't think we necessarily get any more of that this week, and in fact, if, if anything, I think we get you know disproof of that. But that, again, that could be them lulling us into false sense of security. Um, but we uh, the thing for me is. Is that Lorca does welcome this guy real fast, mm-hmm. um, in, you know, with with open arms, even though he was suspicious of him at first. But then he nitpicks with Tyler about this whole being from Seattle thing, um, and and it's weird because you know I live in in Washington, and so he's naming you know Issaquah Elementary. I was like, I know where that is. This is great because we nev- we don't get the north. I was you know from Ohio before. We don't nobody talks about Ohio, so it's yeah. like oh, people finally are talking about Washington. Um, but he nitpicks about Tyler being basically from Seattle. I don't know what to make of that because I I want to think that if Tyler is Volk, then Lorca is actually suspicious, not of being Volk specifically, but just of the convenience with which this guy was suddenly dropped into his lap.
0: Yeah, I think um, I have some suspicions there. I don't think he's Volk personally. Um, I think that... I think he's actually a Michael Burnham in that he was potentially raised by Klingon culture and is kind of a double agent sort of thing going on where he has Klingon culture. Oh, so
1: maybe not Volk specifically, but a double agent.
0: Right. Um, And he's, you know, that that what's, it makes more sense that he can behave so naturally humanly in such a short amount of time.
1: Yeah. Uh, That's my question too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, um, it also adds sort of poignance to the moments whenever, um, Later on, he and uh, Burnham are talking about her experience with, you know, living a dual existence. I can see that being true for him. This might just totally be wrong, but it's something that makes more sense to me than being, you know, a pretend Klingon or formerly Klingon and pretend human now. Sure. So I don't know. We'll see. But um, uh, what Lorca did with him does pretty closely mirror what happened with Burnham. Uh, he yeah. He accepted her pretty quickly, which isn't to say that the man trusts, because I'm pretty sure the guy doesn't even trust his own phaser, and that's saying something. Um,
1: He does sleep with his phaser, so... I mean,
0: that's a pretty close relationship, certainly. (laughs) Um, But I think part of his method is to bring in someone that he chooses that fits a specific purpose and goal um, that he is trying to fill, but then he watches them. Um, Yeah,
1: because... This is – it's real fast. Like, he's been on there for, like, a day. I guess we don't know – I don't know if we know exactly how many days he's been on there. But it's not – I mean, Michael Burnham and Tilly have to introduce themselves to him. So it's not long. Right. And, yes, they went through something traumatic. And, and we do know that Lorca, as we'll see, is is a bit unstable after being tortured, you know, recently. Um, but, I mean, it takes longer for Michael Burnham to get a bridge spot than it does for him to get a security spot. You know, I, I don't, I guess she is a mutineer. So there's that, but it's just, it's real fast. Like that's, a, that's way too fast. I think to promote him to a security chief.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it's a case of keep your friends close and your enemies closer Yeah. or if it's just about like he picked Burnham, not because of her sparkling wit and her thrust that. Like he has a right. purpose for her, whether or not it's going to be fully revealed for some time. So it would not surprise sure. me if he has a specific purpose for Tyler that we're just sort of waiting out. And in the meantime, because he's up close, we can watch him.
1: Yeah, I I would hope, I want to believe that Lorca is, yeah, that Lorca's thinking that way. You know, I I really think if he's nothing else, he's a great tactician, he's a great strategist, you know, to what end, who knows, but... um, This
0: guy plays 3D chess, I am
1: certain of it. Oh man, in his head, I think. Entirely. Well, so, uh, and we'll we'll see more of this as we as we move on. Uh, so, Sarek and Vlottak are back on, uh, or we meet back up with them on, on Sarek's mission, and we find out that he is on a special envoy to the Klingons. Um, the Klingons have asked for him to come there um, and to, to meet with them to this, uh, and I wrote down the name, but it's it's later on, but um, uh, to, to go to this, this planet to meet with the Klingons to negotiate peace, which should be his first red flag, is that the Klingons are asking for peace. But... Um, we then get a suicidal or a suicide bombing Vulcan. how do you take that?
0: Yeah. So if I had not watched enterprise in recent memory, right. I think I'd have been like, what? Mm-hmm. Um, but actually in the context of, um, there's an episode in enterprise where there is a bombing, uh, an embassy bombing, which, um, uh, they pretend that it's really that it's humans, but in fact it was actually a rogue group of Vulcans doing it who are working with the Romulans, spoiler alert. Um, yep. And so, I mean, we have this tendency to, when we try to flesh out a culture, uh, we often you know, have the, the stereotypical version that's presented, and then we have to have some form of extremist, and so this is right. them doing that. It was an interesting choice, though, to put it here. Because in Deep Space Nine, when they were starting season four, this is what they were yes. going to do then. And that only yep. changed whenever uh, Worf was going to come over to the show. And they're like, all right, we'll switch it to the Klingons. And so yeah. this has now come up in Enterprise and then in this show. So it seems like they're going to advance that further. Because I think Enterprise would have done more with it. But this was all last season stuff. And then the show was canceled. Right, None of that happened. And so I'm curious... Is this just a one-off to sow the seeds for some future thing? I don't know, um, but I
1: go. I hope so. And I and I really like that whether it's sowing the seeds for something in the future or if it's just um, Well, I think it is sowing something the seeds that's so that's too big to not so to not return. I think and and we've seen that agree or disagree or like it or not, or not like it, they're willing to bring things back and they're ready to. I think at the very least, it's tying back to the heritage of the Enterprise. Left, you know, everybody's willing to dismiss Enterprise, you know, really quickly. Um, but they've shown, I mean, even style, even in their uniforms, they're following in Enterprise's footsteps and and referring to Archer um, at least once. I, I, I want to say there's twice, but at least once we referred to Archer. Um, and then now with this, I I say we are firmly rooted. Enterprise, you know, as they've always said, as as true Trekkies shouldn't um, deny Enterprise's canon, and we're you know, we're actually finally picking up what it, what it was laying down. So I think it's good.
0: Yeah. I think it also makes an important point for the broader universe, which is, um, we're used to the Vulcans and everything being stable and chill, um, in this, the right. later series just in terms of internal chronology, but the Federation, uh, was very fragile early on. And, um, that fractious relationship with the Vulcans, which permeated Enterprise. I mean, it hasn't been that yep. many years in the internal chronology since then. And I can see that still being an issue. And it's also um, a way to keep it just being about the Klingons who are having all the issues uh, in this show, because right. I mean, they're our, our big antagonist in this show. Um, but it's not just about them, it's a broader universe with other problems that they're dealing with.
1: It makes it more of a three-dimensional world where it's not, okay, yes, this is about the war with the Klingons, but it is not, that is not the only thing that's going on in life. Yeah, exactly. I like it. Um, and I think we can, we can explore this a bit more. I think this is, of course, you know, going with the the motifs that are, that have been set up in this episode of, of even other Klingon, or Klingon, um, Vulcan isolationism or some prejudice that's, that's being laid down, which we'll, we'll see a little bit later, um, but I think it it shows that Vulcan isn't just this utopia that later on we will come to expect of them.
0: Yeah, historic Star Trek has had some issue in the past with treating uh, races as very monocultural, and right. they seem to be doing a good job uh, so far addressing that in the new series where they're trying to suggest more than just everyone's the same thing you've always seen.
1: Yeah, and following Enterprise. I, I would say Enterprise, especially with the Zindi War, really really helped that we saw four distinct uh races within the zindi and i I thought that was that was a a fantastic way of doing that for maybe the first time the klingons they had arguably been doing that for quite a while just not as specific as they have been now but yeah yep i agree let's uh let's move forward here so uh we we got into the um we've already mentioned the mess hall where they meet tyler for the first time you know she um michael burnham gives him the the handshake of death, apparently, because she she shakes his hand and stands up and um, hallucinates and then collapses. Uh, I honestly thought that the first time I thought this was like all of our suspicions confirmed. You know, she's got some. It was it was like Vulcan, you know, uh, ESP or whatever. But um, I was assuming she shake she shook his hand and you know she realizes he's a Klingon and it's just gonna hit the fan right there. But uh, instead, she just hallucinates that she's. Um, seeing uh, seeing Sarek. Um, how did you take it? Do you have this, uh, a similar thought or, or what did you take from that scene?
0: Initially, I was focusing on the fact that we'd just seen her open and friendly with Tilly. And then she yeah. like tries to go back into this frozen shutdown mode and she's not quite achieving it. But you know, she feels like she has to do this new person, new issues, yeah. She's the mutineer. And then it became this moment of what is going on here? Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, of course, it became clear very quickly uh, that it was a Sarek issue. But it was this whole, all right, whatever's going on in the episode, this is the big hook right here. Yeah. And how do
1: you how do you feel about this this thousand light year long mind meld thing that's that keeps happening?
0: Yeah, even with the whole Katra bit in Enterprise with Archer having the Katra of Sarek, even that didn't. Make it enough for me to be really comfortable with it. I'm, I haven't no. been comfortable with how they've been using Sarek so far. The, the writing for him has been frustrating. Is a nice word for how I felt about that. How so? Um, I mean they're trying to show a younger Sarek, certainly, who is not the man that we saw, who was tangling with Spock down the road. Um, But he just feels very unevenly written, like they can't quite make up their mind what they want to do with him, but he's important, and so we have to put him in here. And he's felt kind of shoehorned in up until now in ways that, I don't know.
1: You mean like everything related to Michael Burnham's backstory has been shoehorned in? Yes. It's
0: truth. Truth. And that's probably been the most awkward part of it. And I don't know. Like, early on, it was this whole... They're just trying to connect her to two, really three, super important characters in Star gonna Trek Because we're going to
1: forget history. who those characters are. Right. We're going to forget about Spock. Ugh, well, and whatever.
0: she doesn't need Spock and Sarek and Amanda to be an important nope. character in her own right. And that's what it felt like. Is like to prove that she matters in Star Trek history, we're going to connect her to three other people who are super important in Star Trek history. And honestly, it hasn't earned it, or at least not yet. Maybe they'll get there. But at this point, well, it's like, Why?
1: And we yeah we haven't needed it. I, this is again. I mean I've ranted about this a whole lot. Um, it would be like Picard is Kirk's ancestor or a uh, descendant. I mean you know like because we need he needs to be related to somebody important. Tuvok is is Spock's third cousin twice removed roommate. Like it, it, because everything has to be tied in. It doesn't. This is not Star Wars. You know honestly for me, you know Ray has to be. I think she has to be a Skywalker somehow because it is a Skywalker saga. Um, you know, it, it is a it is a tale of this family. It always has been a tale of this family, even though it's on a galactic scale. Star Trek hasn't hasn't been that, but we keep going backwards. We keep trying to tie all of it in. We try keep trying to see them again and again, and now, even Star Trek Five. You know, oh, Cyborg, this other brother you haven't heard about ever before, and then we're doing it again. You know, it just. It's not needed, and I feel like honestly, it it leads to all of these weird, convoluted plot things that are not needed.
0: Right. It's bending over backwards to make it fit. Like, if they needed to make her quasi half Vulcan, it didn't have to be Sarek. Make her half Vulcan. Like, why not? Or
1: tie her to Tuvok. Like, why not? You know, or to Paul, you know, who could still be alive in this time period, you know? It's just. It doesn't need to be this.
0: Yeah. Or let her stand on her own as someone who was raised what? in a Vulcan society with Vulcan education. And, yeah. you know, maybe down the road we go, oh, P.S., she's, you know, many times granddaughter of, yeah. you know, Paul or whatever. Well, actually, timeline, that wouldn't work. But you know what I mean?
1: Eh. Yeah. Timeline is not, clearly not that important. Uh That's... All right, anyway, I I this is something I could rant about for a long time and I I guarantee you I will continue each episode to bring you my thoughts on why this is not a good timeline. That's why ah. the listeners okay. are
0: tuning in, right?
1: <laughs> That's why everybody's here. Uh <laughs> so we we do get this um we get this connection. We see the day that she was um rejected from the Vulcan Expeditionary Group. Uh, we find out she's she's been um, she's graduated with at the, at the top of her class from the Vulcan Science Academy. Sarek um, is talking with the head of basically the Vulcan version of Starfleet, um, and she's you know talking to Amanda, and we don't know why at the moment that she's been re- rejected. Um, yeah, there's, I mean I think – I don't know if there's a lot to discuss about this. Anything you initially thought – because um, we're going to get more answers later. but
0: Right, I saw that as pretty straightforward as a setup for this is what she thinks, and the rest of the episode is going to deconstruct that. That seemed fairly obvious going into yeah. it. It was just a matter of where are they going with it.
1: Right, right. Um, and well, I really did like that uh, she, stupid thing, I, I probably was in the first time we saw her with Sarek too, but that she had shaped her eyebrows to be more Vulcan. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the past. I thought that was, I was like, all right, you know, good job, Michael Burnham. Um. I was
0: also noticing her hair because, I mean, Vulcan hair historically has been horrific. And, yeah. um, uh.
1: Amanda wouldn't let her do that.
0: <laughs> totally. But even so, she was still, you know, having to straighten her hair because her hair is naturally curly. Like that's her genetics yeah. at work there. And so in a way she's having to quash that part of herself to be Vulcan so
1: along with her humanity. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So it's like another visual version of she's not getting to be herself here.
1: And well, yeah, we'll see more as we as we move on. Um so Michael Burnham wakes up in Sickbay after all this. We learn yeah, the Katra healing ritual which in Star Trek 3 like, is this ancient right that no one's ever heard of and they're not sure it's going to work? But now everybody does it. It's really popular. It's really cool. Um, uh, she begs Captain Lorca to help her find Sarek. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that She has this connection with Sarek. She They can use it to kind of triangulate his position in this nebula. And Lorca agrees.
0: We actually have a connection here to the original series episode um, because in that episode, Spock has to perform a mind meld on um this prisoner who's escaped to find out what's going on yeah he's a doctor simon
1: van gelder yeah
0: yeah and so he has to perform a mind meld on him to determine what was really going on on the surface and so like they're sort of mirroring that maybe intentionally maybe not sure no i could see that is it
1: then again i'm trying i've been raking my you know my memory of star trek is there something you remember it, every time you mind meld is a is the katra left with somebody i don't think it is i
0: don't think so either they're mind
1: meld with machines and animals and everything like throughout a long period of Star Trek,
0: right i think the reason why uh, i think they explained it perhaps too why burnham has it uh with sarek is because of the trauma of when he saved her before mm-hmm. and of course her human mind and how much he took into, you know, resurrecting her effectively. I think there's a difference between, hey, what's, you know, mind chat versus I'm bringing yeah. you back to life.
1: Okay, so it was actually part of a, like, that's that's right, I think he says that. Like, it was it's what I, it took to heal you was was to do that. Because um, she was dead, that's right, that's right, you're right. Uh, he, she was dead for three minutes or something like that.
0: Right, which mm, perhaps yeah. also explains how she made it in Vulcan society as long as she did, because she had a little bit of Papa Seric inside.
1: She could, she could tap into... Yeah, which, and yeah, calling him father later on as well. You know, he's left some of his his mind, if not his genetics, his his mind in there. Mm, Yeah, it's maybe
0: neural inheritance rather than biological inheritance.
1: Hey, you know, it's the twenty third century.
0: Anything's possible.
1: Yeah, anything's possible. So uh, Lorca nods and says, "Hey, we're gonna go find Stark," and uh, basically immediately the Vulcan Admiral Terrell is like, "Nope." no you're not we're gonna we'll don't worry we're gonna send somebody to to go get her it's fine um and he goes immediately against the the admiral's orders um i was this was one of those really probably dumb things but i was really mad at first there is it it's not just me spock was not spock was not the first vulcan in starfleet correct correct Okay, because T'Pol was officially, even though she cheated, but so did Burnham, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I guess we've just not seen a Vulcan Admiral before. Like, in this timeline before. We didn't see any in in the original series at all.
0: Right, because at that point... I don't believe. Well.
1: I know we know of the Intrepid, which is a a ship manned entirely by Vulcans.
0: Yeah, I think it was more Alliance-style rather than you have Starfleet commissions, because the Vulcans looked down on Starfleet. Right. And that's
1: why it's, is it, was it weird? Did it stand out or, or just, is not a thing to worry about that there was a Vulcan admiral in Starfleet?
0: I mean, it's a little bit odd, but at the same time, that also gives us a greater spectrum of interaction with the Vulcans there. You know, on the one hand we have, um, you know, Ambassador Sarek and his ability with other yeah. races. We now have an admiral that we're being shown. We also have extremists. So in many ways, yeah. it's just feeding the spectrum of Vulcans are more than one thing.
1: Sure. Um, and I guess it could be he was just lent there to advise, much like T'Pol was or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he could know, have
0: been but... an official liaison with a really great title. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, well, so he, so L- Lorca goes against uh, Tyrell and decides uh, he's going to go get Sarek himself. And uh, Michael Burnham, has, has she gets the idea to amplify the mind-meld connection, so we have to just assume... We have to be okay with this minor right. thing. Um,
0: I wanted to make one more comment about yeah. Lorca's decision there. To me, oh, that sure. felt entirely plot point to oh, set 100%. up his decision for later. Like it was not necessary for us to see that whole conversation uh, and right. have that. I mean, it's sure it feeds the whole character thing of Lorca goes against the rules all the time, but that was totally a setup for later in the episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, because it's, it drives uh it, it drives Cornwall to be there. It drives. You know, the it, it drives... I mean, you cannot have the rest of this movie without... Or this this episode without him going into the nebula after Sarek, right? Right. It's... yeah.
0: Yeah. But to your point about the neural interface, on the one hand, yeah, we can just sort of nod, wink, go, whatever. On the other hand, we do have an episode back to Enterprise again where they, T'Pol and uh, Trip, build this neural interface for this Andorian female to psychically interact with her brother long oh. distance who's been captured by the romulans and is you know doing stuff so neural interfaces we nudge and wink at them but there's a history there too
1: i'll uh, i'll take it yeah i'll take it now i mean it they need the thousand light year long mind meld like to exist for that to even happen but
0: that's a good point yeah because she's at not actually Vulcan and she's not andorian so right. she still needs help to make it work
1: something because she cannot do a mind meld herself, she can be melded with, but she cannot initiate without something like. that. I mean, she's she's got the remote connection with Sarek to to do that, but she couldn't walk up to him and touch his contra points and and. Mm-hmm. Do but it.
0: I think he still yeah. has to be willing. I guess it's it's the same thing as her Vulcan pinch it doesn't quite work right because she's not actually Vulcan. Right.
1: I love I love that because Giorgio is up way too fast after two totally. nerve pinches. Her, I loved it. Um, all right, so uh, so they move on. Um. Stamets – okay, I've – you've heard my rant probably about Stamets um, and his 21st century language. He says groovy. Mm-hmm. And and whatever. Like, it, it sticks out, however, like a sore thumb in the middle of all this. And, and even – it's such a very specific, like, time period reference. Like, it's weird enough today in 2017 if I just go like, hey, man, that's groovy. Like, if I – I'm a teacher, and if I say that to my kids, they're gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" They will just completely look at me so weird. They are 400 years separated from, or 300 years separated from, uh, from groovy. It would be like me using a Shakespearean exc- exclamation. It would be like, oh, God's blood, God be with ye!" Like that's what that would be. I don't know. Is
0: maybe maybe not because haven't you met those people in your life where they have, yeah. you know, something that they do that's you know. Long, it's you know, it's not cultural mainstream or current, whatever. And you just sort of nod and go, okay, that's just them. So Stamage is just a weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> in star I point. mean, we've kind of already seen that, anyways. Like, he never wanted yeah. to be doing this to begin with. He was co-opted because yeah. of the war, and so I can totally believe he's this kooky scientist with some really weird choices that just are him. I'm not saying yeah. that it's you know, a perfect writer's choice, but because of his history, I'm like, all right. I'll wink at that because it kind of works with his weirdness. Now, if Lorca said it, I'd yes. be like, "Yeah, no, not even."
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think I'm, I, hmm. I think I would be entirely fine with it if all of this had started post mushrooms, like because now Stamets is is literally mainlining mushrooms, yes, um, <laughs> and he is so he's, he can be a little goofy, and we see him be really. Kind of trippy. Maybe that's half um, the joke this is episode. this guy
0: is like high half the time now because mushrooms. Ha mushrooms joke.
1: Yeah, I mean we've already because made he's... one
0: or two. Oh
1: gosh, the portobello <sighs> portobello. Oh my yeah. gosh, I was like, you guys just did that. It's true. Yeah, uh but any. I mean, on either side, I, I really like Stamets right now. I despite groovy aside, jolly like somewhat stone Stamets. I I can. He's a, he's a guy who can get behind. It's
0: kind of actually in theme, it occurs to me, because we have disco at the beginning of the episode, so right. it's a theme. Oh, all right. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Uh, so they decide, uh,
1: with that, the thing that makes him say Groovy is we're going to amplify her, this, this mind meld signal, and use it to figure out where um, Sarek is. And so they get on a shuttle. And of course, there is no other pilot except for Lieutenant Ash Tyler, and he will fly um, his who I predict will be his um, lady friend, Michael Barn Michael Burnham, mm-hmm. um, and Tilly, out to the nebula. So, it's uh, it's fun. My favorite part of that, I mean, that's that's the convenience we've lived with in Star Trek for forever. Is like, come on, you're telling me Kirk and Spock and McCoy and Scotty all have to go in in a shuttle at the same time what happens when they will have a a shuttle accident yeah it's it's
0: ridiculous and the show seems to be correcting that because of course we're not having the captain as the main character so they have the freedom to do that but it's also like it's about time already
1: yeah i know uh the thing that i really liked is that lorca specifically goes over to tyler and says bring her back in one piece or don't come back at all Mm -hmm. yeah you don't see picard saying that to Whatever Yar to Riker or Yar about Riker or something like that. Yeah,
0: Picard, Picard I, is not a Bond villain though, so it's no. like totally Bond villain. Um, True. Although it's that also that moment, that twin moment of, are they trying to get the audience to believe he actually cares about her personally? Are they muddy? And I that? want
1: to think he does. I mean, this is the weird thing. This episode made me like Lorca. Mm. It really like I I have actually, I will say I've liked him, but this made me invested in Lorca. Um, good or bad? Like I I don't think. He's certainly more complex, but things like that, that was something out of Burnham's earshot. So it wasn't an act for her. Um, It was, bring her back. I want her back here. Yeah, but it could also be, I have
0: plans for this girl. Don't you dare screw up my plans. This was me going, I see what you're doing there, Lorca. You're you're playing a game here.
1: Yeah. I, I want to believe, I want to believe that Lorca is, despite me feeling he's a Bond villain, I don't know.
0: It's okay. Whenever it's revealed later that he is total Bond villain, you'll have that emotional moment. I
1: will. I will. He, he, we saw him eating fortune cookies this time and I was like, that is so weird and I love it. Like, but where's the Tribble and why is he not petting it all the time?
0: I kind of think the fortune cookies are made out of Tribbles. (laughs) P.S.
1: It might be. That's, that's where they went. (laughs) Uh.
0: Either that or the Tribbles are in Saru's, um... Uh, bedroom
1: you know saru is like snacking on them that's that's, totally we don't know what kelpians eat yeah uh so that's how there's only one triple he's been just he's been keeping the
0: population under control
1: (laughs) he needs to be a predator somehow he needs to forget about himself
0: yeah he's not at the bottom of the food chain so snacks for some yeah i can deal with it all right so uh we get
1: uh Admiral Cornwell shows up because, hey, he has defied an admiral's direct orders to – and hung up on the admiral, by the way, too. So Cornwell shows up uh, and really begins to lay into um, Lorca. And, I mean, really, despite all of the stuff that I just mentioned about liking Lorca, who did not see that coming where he would just whip out a bottle of whiskey and just seduce her? Oh, classic.
0: That was like a Kirk
1: thing to do. I know. Except it would have been this gigantic bottle of Saurian brandy, and like, hey, lady, let's go back to my cabin. It's he did
0: not have to convince her, at all. I don't know because despite their history together, um, she is still representative oh. of Starfleet proper.
1: And and by that I mean, she one hundred percent knows what he's doing, ah. and I think is playing him too. Yes. Like it just they were playing each other real well. Totally, I think. Because it's, it's, I do wonder how that report goes later on when she's, you know, hey, I was in bed with him and he pulled a phaser on me. Like, I do wonder how that's going to happen. So it's going to be, that'll be a thing. I wonder if we get a a trial episode. That'll be fun.
0: It gives him some pushback, too, of is she compromised and all that crap that guys like to play when they want to undermine it.
1: Oh, it'll, oh, it'll kill me if he does that. But I, again, I can see it.
0: Yeah, well, I, I can, can and it. not just because he's, you know, male, but because that's, like, he plays every weapon in his arsenal. Yeah. That's just the guy that he is, and he will use yeah. what he has to as necessary, as he showed totally. in this episode. Yes. Well, you know, he gave it all. So, <laughs> oh, um, you went there, didn't you? <laughs> I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Uh so Michael Burnham uh is on the shuttle. We see, you know, we get one more mental flashback sort of thing. Um we one more journey into Serik's mind. Um so Serik, uh we we discover Sarek here is this big, I guess experimenter in Xeno anthropology, which is I guess where where Michael Burnham gets it. We um well, I'm I'm kind of kind of condensed. So she goes in and out of his mind, and and he's fighting her off, and and um, in some I, some decent fight choreography. Yeah.
0: Tell I me though, you cool. weren't watching him in his outfit going. That's totally Neo from the Matrix. <laughs>
1: I loved it. I was down. I was down. It it looked though lo- like she had him. Like when when she was. When you get the close-up of the two of them, she had his wrist, like, really whipped around. I was like, oh, man, he's he's actually probably in a little bit of pain right now. Um, as he should be. It, as he should be. Because, I don't know, he's he's grumpy Sarek. This is where we get Sarek that I, I actually, I kind of like, not like the Sarek, but I mean, this is old Sarek that we that we remember, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, when he stops we being nurturing. Papa Sarek
0: and starts yes. being, you know, Sarek, the diplomat who right you know controls and does all, yeah this was more him
1: this is the seric we meet in journey to Babel who has not talked to his son in however many years mm-hmm. or you know the seric who we see in 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 Sarek, in the next generation who has still not talked to his son in many many years um where was nurturing papa seric where did that come from you know um and so this was a seric i could i could at least understand i didn't yeah. i didn't understand the place of the other one agreed um, he says at one point, he says, I was supposed to prove that humans and Vulcans can coexist as equals. I ended up being his greatest. Oh, sorry. That was, um, I'm sorry. Burnham is saying this about Sarah. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to prove that humans and Vulcans can coexist as equals. I ended up being his greatest disappointments. That's what he's reflecting on. Um, cause again, it's this time of, of when, the day that Michael Burnham was kicked out of, um, uh, the Vulcan e- expeditionary force or, or rejected, rejected from right. it. Um, She's not kicked out from two two forces. That's, ooh. um, but uh, I guess do you buy this view of Sarek as being this great experimenter, like where he's trying to fuse, he's he's like actively trying to make her Vulcan, like that was his plan all along. Much like it implies, then, did he just have that same plan for Spock?
0: I think that her perspective here is that of a child who's trying to understand why their parent Mm. behaved in a certain way with, of course, limited facts. We're not taking it as gospel truth. Right, right. And Mm. she's got limited facts here of what his intentions are, which isn't to say that Sarek isn't a guy who, you know, he's got multiple levels of everything going on, I'm sure of it. That's, you know, the logical thing to do. But, um, and it might be that that was part of his purpose, but I don't think that he ever forced her to do anything that she didn't want to do, but I do think she sure. wanted to please him. And so I think those yeah. two facts combined.
1: Well, and maybe even with the, the you know, bit of Sarkatra floating around her, in her mind, she, she was, well, one, like you said, she's maybe even given more ability to be able to, to, um, to cut it in Vulcan culture. I mean, she did graduate above other Vulcans at the top of her class. Um, but also, I, so I, do you think that he was so? He was planning it in that moment. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna mind meld and save this girl, and put a little bit of my Katra in there, and so then I can make her the greatest Vulcan ever." Like he says things like, "Like that," or he hints at that kind of stuff, um, or and that the the Vulcan he's talking to hints at that kind of stuff of, "Oh, you've been this great person trying to, trying to fuse these two races. Are we putting too much on Sarek or, or giving him too much?"
0: I think so. Agency, I, guess. I think that okay. Seric um, he takes advantage of a situation that he understands is happening, analyzes it and leverages it for, you know, future purpose. But I don't think that's, gotcha. you know, in any way why he saved her and he made that choice in the moment when she was this dead child who needed help. So, right. yeah, no, I just think he's really good at pivoting once he recognizes the situation that's created by a new element added in.
1: So less less Lorca. He's not he's not like uh, the puppet master bringing people to him. I
0: don't think that keeps him from being a puppet master. I just think that's a part of him not being an all knowing being. Because yeah, even Lorca doesn't know everything. But you know, a st- strategist plans for possibilities, even if you don't know they're going to happen. And so you know, it's not like Sarah necessarily planned that. But that doesn't mean that he hasn't thought about, prior to that, ways of how can I uh, advance the relationship between humans and Vulcans? And then, oh, he saves this girl, and then later he has this thought of, ha, this would totally work.
1: Cool. All right.
0: Well, let's, you know what,
1: let's do this, just because we've got these two kind of interweaving storylines for a second. Let's, let's push forward with Sarek, and then we'll go back and talk about Cornwall and Lorca, just to kind of keep the conversation going. Sure. So, so she she goes um, she goes back into Sarek's mind. She sort of figures out, um, Tyler helps her to to realize he he wouldn't Sarek would not be thinking of her failure, he wouldn't be dwelling on her failure that day the way that Burnham thinks it is, because she's very much a, a self punishing figure. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not in a selfish way, but like it is all about her. In her mind, you know, she has just failed everybody in her entire life. So why wouldn't Sarek be thinking about her failure that day? Right. Um but we do so she goes back in realizing oh he would be thinking on his own failures at the moment of death he wouldn't be reflecting on hers so she kind of goes in with that perspective and convinces him to show her the truth and and that truth is essentially he made the choice um to basically the the um leader of the Vulcan expeditionary group gave him the choice either Spock can come in to uh to our group or or um michael burnham can but both cannot we we cannot have two non-vulcans in the vulcan expeditionary group and so Sarek chooses his son over over her
0: yeah it's a kind of sophie's I, choice in that moment oh man, yeah and uh, i can see more than one reason for him choosing spock over her, not the least of which is Spock. At least has a Vulcan appearance, and so right. the odds of his being accepted by other Vulcans improves over someone with right. a human appearance.
1: True, true, and and even I mean, she even is able to to see that at first. You know, it, there. This is a bigger conversation that they need to have, as as she points out. But it it does it makes sense. You know, she is human. Mm-hmm. She is human, so it, it does make sense that the at least half Falcon would stand a better chance of, of doing it, um, and all all she would have, all he needed to do was explain it. Right. But what we know of Sarek is he doesn't explain things, he's Sarek.
0: He's the world's worst at Gosh. that, like, I mean, I guess there's something to that about, you know, parents rarely explain themselves in general anyways, but that, like, doubles yeah. out, because as a diplomat, he's not one for showing us cards, because it's, you know, not going to be beneficial uh, at all. Right.
1: Yeah, oh absolutely. And and it's it's still more of that sarcastic and even that Vulcan sort of arrogance that we've seen we've seen so often where the vulcan's is like, "Well, I why I you didn't need to know that," you know? Mm-hmm. It because he is not thinking of the emotion of it, the emotional impact that she has. It's just she didn't need to know. Right.
0: And most of what we tend to learn about Vulcans is, you know, never self-revelation it's frequently implicit or yeah um discussed by their human counterparts and you know he's certainly no exception um which you know makes it interesting that he has a human uh wife in the mix um yeah perhaps there's some part of his psyche um it's similar to, to Paul in the sense of uh, her mother talked about her being more drawn to humanity than really made sense yeah. and it was a thing and so clearly he had that start in life it wasn't just I, I can't imagine the Vulcan High Command went go out and marry a human because it'll you right. know further our endeavor that's, that's oh, just no. not how that works
1: and you know he was making some people mad when he got married to her right actually we, we know it they talk about it yeah um all right. Well, anything – so this conversation and this confrontation uh, gets him to wake up and he turns on the transponder and, and they were able to find and recover Sarek. And uh, we will need to go back and, and talk about Lorca and Cornwall. But in short, Michael Burnham basically confronts him uh, in sickbay. Um, he's he's not able to go to this um, to this meeting that he was supposed to go to and she says, hey, this is not over. We are family. We will discuss this. And then she leaves and says, Father. And I I I like that. It's it's assertive Michael Burnham. This is I kind of wish we had gotten those seven years before, you know, she has broken Michael Burnham mm-hmm. because we get these these moments where, man, she would have just been so cool to see just on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, we understand a little bit better how she became Giorgio's number one in the time yeah. that she did because smarts and exams only get you so far in life. And she needed to be a lot yeah. more than that to have achieved what she did in that time. And no amount of Vulcan logic is going to make you perfect at that either. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. All right. Let's talk Cornwell and Lorca or Cornwell. Is it Cornwell or Corn- Cornwall? I've written it twice and I think it's Cornwell from CBS. Yeah, I um, think it's
0: well, but now you have me questioning that.
1: I, I know. Uh, well, well, I copied this from CBS so and it's Cornwell in the summary so we're gonna say Cornwell. okay um, let's see so yeah they they get together and um, he so she she asks a, an important question um, she asks him this is before they they have they have slept together um, she says less than a week ago you were being tortured now you're back in the chair how do you feel about that hmm no one asked that of Kirk. Like, the number of times Kirk was tortured in, in the original series, nobody's like, hey, hey, Captain, like, should you be sitting in that chair? No, he's like, well, I have my sorry and brandy, I'm fine. Um, yeah. Nobody asked that of Kirk. And Starfleet even, wasn't even asking Picard.
0: Picard. So now that, now that you're no longer lacutus how do you feel about that? I mean, he has this conversation with Dan about it. We have Troy one episode. It. And we got an episode at home, but yeah. like... This isn't, you know, the admiral and the captain having drinks right. together. How does this make you feel?
1: Right. It it really isn't. Um, it's even even so. I mean, I guess there is no counselor on the on board the Discovery to ask those questions. But and and it's very heavily hinted that she's she's a, a psychologist, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting a psychologist being a, an admiral, but hey, I mean, well, whatever. Beverly really Crusher
0: uh, becomes captain of a ship and stops being a doctor officially. In so.
1: theory, she does. In theory. Oh, come on. Um. That's,
0: that's, <laughs> that's canon, right? <laughs> no, it's just, it, which
1: reality? Uh-huh. Fair point. Um, so, although I definitely, I would watch that series too mm-hmm. of her on the, on the, was it the Oberth? I forget the name of that ship, but anyway. Oh no, it's like the Enterprise G or something. Um, so, uh, yeah, so she she asks him that, uh, and then he just basically is like, "Well, if we're if we're gonna talk, you know, I th- can think of better things to do with with uh, an hour of your time." And then they go sleep together. Classic. Um, I, I was like, "This is why." I mean, she if she is an admiral and she's you know a psychiatrist, she knows one hundred percent what he's doing. Oh yeah. Um, unless. Unless she had way too much of that whiskey to drink. Mm -hmm. Um, To be
0: honest, though, I had this moment where I'm like, is this going to be another scene where we earn the MA rating? And then we didn't.
1: Oh, man. I was like, guys, we last week. Okay, just because you brought it up. (laughs) How how do you feel about the F-bomb being brought in Star Trek?
0: Yeah. So in short, I don't think it entirely clashes with Star Trek history, given our current culture and time. However, it was not earned.
1: Yes. Yes. At the very least, it didn't like the the, the S word breakage happened when the Enterprise was crashing into a planet. Yes, that's and that was just one word, and
0: that's that data. was data, I mean, which was kind of funny that it was data saying it.
1: Does it make it funnier that it's Tilly? I mean, like, is is it comparable? Is it?
0: I think they were going work? for that. I think they very yeah. intentionally gave it to her, yeah. um, but just because she delivered it well. Doesn't mean that it was earned. Yeah, yeah. No, this was very much a moment of reminding us that we are doing 2017 Star Trek, and yeah, I'm not fully adverse to that because each time period that a show, each of the shows aired in, did have some reflections of that, and they have been known for pushing the envelope in little ways, not major ways. But it was still uncomfortable.
1: This is a rating shift. I mean, you know, it is a very legitimate rating shift, even in Generations with that. I mean, we could double check. I think Generations is still rated PG. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be 13, but I don't think so. I think I think uh, uh, First Contact is the first one with PG-13. Here's the but thing,
0: though. In movies, at least, you can get an F-bomb in and a PG-13. And There's a limited PG-13. number, but you can't. That's true. And so, yeah. again, I can see where it comes from, even if it's not a favorite for me.
1: So we didn't get the the TV MA. In fact, this was, I think, TV 14 with violence, just because of violence in this Mm -hmm. one. Um, So, which, at that point, what violence is happening that it's rated for 14 anyway? I mean, it was nice choreography, but it was not quite violent. Anyway, um, so they are in bed together. She wakes up. She touches him lightly on this weird triangular scar that he has. I, I want the story of that scar. Um, I was
0: thinking like this, cattle prod style things yeah. sticking in his back.
1: Ooh, he got branded. That's what this was. He's on some Kirk adventure somewhere where like he's on a, a weird cattle planet. That's what this is. So instead of four um,
0: lights, we have th- a three sides. There are three sides.
1: <laughs> yes. How badly did you want last last week when they were shining the light in his eyes to just be like,
0: there is one light. Yes, I had that moment.
1: Oh, man, that would have been great. Uh, so she, she touches him lightly. I, I don't even know. She, she barely grazes his back with her fingers. He flips over, chokes her and puts a phaser to her face.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she says, you sleep with a phaser in your bed and, and say nothing's wrong. It's a fair question, and which of course, I mean, I don't think she knew he had a phaser in his bed, but like she was clearly testing him in some way. Even sleep, frankly, sleeping with an admiral, mm-hmm. you know, is is, I mean, it doesn't say much about her judgment at that point either, but sleeping with an admiral to distract her is does not show good judgment.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a straight up PTSD moment that he's having. Yeah, I mean, again, really a week later where he was in a place where if he was being touched, it was probably a Klingon yeah. coming to beat the crap out of him or kill True. him. And so yep. natural, normal reaction for what just happened to him, but yep. not for a man who says that he's perfectly fine no worries no
1: who has just passed psychological tests with flying colors
0: right ironically he would could have passed the test more honestly of i'm having some issues here and i'm going to work them out and actually done better than you know if you have a lying flat line on your psych eval after you went through a big trauma i mean that's probably one of the reasons why she decided to visit in person rather than another hello visit because you know she needed
1: to see him face to face
0: you don't flatline nothing just happened to me which i don't know maybe he did say some of the appropriate things but i don't know it was probably too perfect
1: i'd be really curious to see just what like it's got to be mccoy it's got to be mccoy who's interviewing kirk after every time that kirk has been captured and beaten Mm -hmm. and kirk just gives him like a mint julep and is like all right bones let's sit and talk and mccoy's like just He's fine. With oh, it. totally. They have
0: drinking parties. I have no question about that.
1: Guaranteed it. Guaranteed. So, honestly, this scene was maybe the the this was the most tense scene in the episode for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was one hundred percent sure he was going to kill her. Mm. Um, in in that scene, I I thought he was going to snap. He was going to. Uh, we know he has a phaser. Um, you know that she was saying. You know, she tells him, I've got to I've gotta take the ship away from you. You cannot be sitting in this chair right now. I thought he was gonna shoot her.
0: Yeah, I did not, mostly because it ups the tension far worse to have that question totally. floating out there.
1: And oh, so hanging over his I was head. just like,
0: What's he gonna say to her? And how is he gonna manipulate her next? Because you which of course he does the whole Don't take my ship away and I'm like, right.
1: hmm yeah i i hate that i can't tell that if this is really
0: you she says to that Uh, oh which i totally believe that he was manipulating her because even if he did have this quasi-emotional moment that's still him milking it for his purpose in that moment yeah it's on the
1: heels of what he has just done you know it's it's the it's the repentant child you know who has just been caught said sorry yeah exactly yeah i was really nervous and and all the war, in fact, when she gets on the shuttle later, I I was like, he put a bomb on the shuttle. Mm-hmm. He put a bomb on the shuttle. There's no way he didn't put a bomb on the shuttle.
0: Well, here's the thing. But, the way he engineered Michael Barnum to make it onto his ship, I had no question in my mind that if he decided to off the Admiral and needed to make it look easy. like an accident, he could do it.
1: Yep. And it would be him going to Tyler and saying like, hey, you know what I did? Mm. I need you to take care of for what I did for you. I need you to take care of this because Landry would have done it. You know, Landry would have 100% put a bomb on anybody's ship for, for Lorkha.
0: Oh yeah. She totally would not have questioned that. Although it would you have know. put him in the interesting position uh-huh. of, well crap, now he has to be the one to go talk right. to the Klingons. And is that really going to work out so well?
1: Right. Um, and of course, you know, she's, she's about to go to the Klingons. Well, the instinct that something is wrong, you know, was certainly correct, you know, because, daggone, you know, she gets, she gets jumped. Who didn't see that coming? Mm -hmm. But it's, it, that even made me think Lorca, Lorca had to
0: have suspected
1: that too. I I don't know. I just.
0: Yeah. He might actually think that fast, um, to realize, although did, did he know yet at that point that she was going to be going? I can't remember the order of, of those scenes.
1: Yeah, and we skipped around. So it's it's the sickbay scene, when um, let's see, let me flip back here. So, uh, there. Oh yeah, so there. Um, she walks out. I, I hate that I that I can't tell if this is really you. She walks out of his his quarters. Um, we we go to sickbay. Uh, Lorca. We yeah we skipped over this. Lorca offers Burnham officially a bridge a bridge post as mm-hmm. a science officer. We don't know if she gets a rank or not, but she's at least on the bridge. Um, and. And really endears her to him. I mean, she she stops and thanks him for, um, you know, she's, or she says, I'm, I'm happy to be serving under a captain like you. Yeah. Which is great after that last scene.
0: And that was a very quick acceptance on her part. Like, she'd already made up her mind at that point that she wanted to be a part of this crew long term. However, that pans out.
1: Right. Well, and that will be curious to see how long I, I still think that she and the discovery are gonna die, and she's gonna get blown up by the end of this series whenever it is um but uh but it would be interesting to see, you know, would she be pardoned and be brought back into the fold, or which is why I think she has to die. I think there's no way she can she can be pardoned for that. It's just a temporary reprieve
0: well, I've wondered that in terms of she might potentially unofficially redeem herself, but mm-hmm. because she was the mutineer, they might never be able to publicly expunge her record, which explains why she's a non-entity in future uh, storylines. Right.
1: Well, we, we're we pretty sure this is a Section 31 ship also, and so, you know, if if she is around, yeah, she's a, she's a non-entity. She's, she's behind the scenes. She's maybe, you know, it'd be sweet if we fast-forwarded to Deep Space Nine times, and she's like, given the orders to dolmer and leslie she's
0: kind of like garrick on on deep space nine where he's not officially a part of the obsidian order he's a total outcast but p.s he's really in
1: yeah yeah oh i just mixed up temporal investigations with 31 but that's fine whatever um that's okay it's all fine here uh let's see okay we were talking about the order of things so he talks to to Michael Burnham, Lorca does, and then we we cut to the shuttle bay, and um, he realizes. He says, "Oh, Cornwall can go. Sarah can't go. Meet with the Vulcans. Cornwall can go. Cornwall can go." Um, And then we go to the shuttle bay, and we see her getting on the shuttle.
0: Okay, so I can see him at that point, then going. Alright, the solution to my problem is send her into a super dangerous situation that's probably a trap, and even if it's not, they're expecting Sarek, not a human, they hate Starfleet, so the odds of her coming back from this are not great, so, alright, I'm going to send my former lover in, and well, if the problem solves itself, it solves itself
1: yeah if not he'll find another way to get out of it right
0: oh totally that at least buys him time to set things up and who knows if she isn't executed if there is some kind of crazy rescue or any other thing that goes on that also potentially buys him credit hey look what i just did for you right right
1: yeah i and again we'll see i think it it doesn't even look did you see the, the preview for the next episode i did it doesn't even look like this next episode is gonna tackle this at all, um, so that's that's gonna be interesting. We won't see this maybe pay off for a little while.
0: Well, if Starfleet um, didn't want him to go after Sarek, and all they know is that she has quietly disappeared, they might even know where she is. And since of course he's true. doing the whole "Saru, we're going I have to, to follow my orders." Exactly, right? It's like oh, this sorry. is complete contradiction with your earlier, earlier run to rescue Sarek, and I do not buy that, that was all about. Michael Burnham, that was totally servicing his own, this is who I am. So for him to go, yeah. we're going to go buy the book on this one. Like, even Saru is like, what?
1: <laughs> yeah. Saru stops him. Um, I'm
0: sorry. This is not what we do. <laughs> yeah. Totally.
1: Uh, all right. So we, we get that um, Michael Burnham and Tilly kind of, we, we bookend the episode on Tilly running, or, um, or she runs into Tilly, who's on the jog. And... What do you think Tilly means when when Michael Burnham says, I gave you bad advice. There are a million ways of getting to the captain's chair. Find your own. And Tilly says, I have. Do you think she means Michael Burnham? That is the way she has found? Or is Tilly, we haven't seen really a time where Tilly said, well, I'm departing. I'm doing my own thing.
0: Um, Tilly might be a cadet. She might be on the young and naive side. I think she knows what she's doing mm-hmm. up to at least a certain point with Michael Burnham. Uh, She recognizes qualities in her that she can benefit from herself. Yeah. And, because, I mean, you would think, because if she was worried about her career, she wouldn't be associating with the mutineer, and she put paid to that early on. Right. So, yeah.
1: Oh, she would be, like Landry, hanging all over just Lorca, or, you know, um, yeah, because he's he's the top dog. She's seeing so you're saying she's seeing qualities in Burnham that she wants to follow in any totally.
0: Way. She I think she sort of looks past the obvious facts of the situation and goes, Yeah, but there are things here I can use and it's not like I mean, because she's a cadet in some ways, that actually might protect her a little bit because she's not an officer who has to worry about the reputation just yet. She's still just a cadet. She'll be
1: posted somewhere else. Yeah. Right.
0: Also, like, all you have to do is just sit back and watch. And all the opportunities to do new, interesting, dangerous things that are career-making are happening around Michael Burnham. And so, like, you know, hitch hitch your, your wagon to that star. It makes sense if you survive it. Right, Which, right. by the way, the show better not kill Tilly off in some meaningless death just to cause his tear jerk down the road. I will be, like, table-flipping upset if they do that. Oh,
1: man. Either that. That's thats one thing I've been worried about. Or um, that they Wesley Crusher her. Yeah. Where they just destroy her entire character. You know, that will... Oh, I'll be so mad. Either one.
0: I'm going to try not to think about that
1: because mm-hmm. poor Wesley. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Uh, I... Wesley could be in this. He's a traveler, guys. It'd be fine. we would do it. Mm,
0: totally.
1: There's no Rick Berman around for him to fight with. He could, could just be there. It'd be delightful. Well,
0: we've already proven that time travel is possible in the Star Trek universe. And And right? uh, whenever I'm having a more cynical moment about Discovery, I tend to, to pretend this is the ultimate universe that uh, the alternate universe that we're getting the history of, and we just don't yeah. know it yet. So
1: I. I'm there. I'm there. Whether this is a, a mirror, yeah, a mirror universe. Oh, I'm still. It's killing me that this episode didn't follow up the dang mirror from the last, the end of the last episode of Choose Your Pain.
0: Hopefully, give it time. Hopefully, that's not a dropped plot thread. We'll see.
1: I, I don't think it will be. I mean, we know Frake's already ruined the fact that we're gonna get a, a mirror universe episode. So, um, so I think we'll, we'll see it. I just, oh, I want it now. And next episode is. Squirrel, it like. looks like the most. It looks like the most TNG episode that we've gotten thus far, or that we will get.
0: Yeah. So I mean, we've had an original series episode, and why not a TNG episode?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, the only thing we haven't really talked about is is the betrayal. We we mentioned this, the betrayal of uh, of Cornwell and the fact that the the Klingon houses are kind of consolidating themselves with. Basically, you have to prove your worth to Cole, and so he can give him the. The cloaking devices. That's pretty much what we're seeing now.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty powerful motivator, you know, to get what he needs done. Because clearly, when you're on the outs, life really sucks as a Klingon.
1: Yeah, and they're and they're desperate to to uh, to get in his good graces, and I think that's interesting. It'll be it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, i'm really happy it wasn't a klingon heavy episode yeah i was
0: really glad for it to take back seat in this one and then we even have a little bit of english spoken which was interesting Um, right yeah yeah so that's true i think i mean i I like what they're doing for the klingon development but the long stretches of klingon language can make those passages laborious and it's a little more tolerable when it's a shorter segment right yep yeah i agree
1: well, anything else uh, to mention for the episode?
0: I wanted to make a couple comments of from the original series, um, yeah. connections um, from Dagger of the Mind.
1: Oh yeah, totally. I'm I'm really curious.
0: Yeah, so I mean the, the the title of this episode, of course, is tying into that which we talked about at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the characters from that episode, Doctor Adams, his big point was that patients should not be required to live the evils committed in, earlier in their lives. Um, and that's
1: which is so important for Michael
0: yes it's important for Michael it's important for Sarek reliving Mm -hmm. in his you know dying state the mistake that he regrets the most in a way it's even Lorca um, being haunted by what's happened in this episode and it impacting his future and career so that was really um, that that sentence from the original series really characterizes as well what was going on in this episode i i also think i just sorry to interrupt i i realized did we did we actually define lethe what
1: it is um i can't remember if we actually said what it is at the beginning it's it's a river in hades that caused forgetfulness when you drank from it yeah and so again going going back with that whole connection like you just said not only to to dr adams um uh, quote there but just even the the name is, is evocative of, of forgetfulness and, and burying um, uh, problems. Right
0: and the character herself also ties in I think in an, in an interesting metaphorical way because the device that they were using on the people in that penal colony it robs... The
1: tantalist device. Them,
0: yes it robs them of their humanity and makes them less of themselves. They're almost robotic yeah. in their Interaction, and given the whole conversation about um, Michael at the end where she's talking about logic versus emotion, really, no, it's emotion versus emotion. Mm-hmm. That's a counterpoint to who and what she's becoming. She's leaving more and more of her Vulcan self behind in her self-discovery. And um, we see an interesting range within Sarek and other Vulcans despite them being fully logical there's still a range of behavior there whereas her version of trying to be a Vulcan without being one she's more robotic about it than actual Vulcans are
1: true well much like much like Worf is more Klingon than most of the Klingons or Spock tends to be more more Vulcan than many of the Vulcans that we meet um she so she is as well yeah. you know she's she's desperately clinging on to the culture that she knows even if it's not her own that's
0: a very good point the rigidity of the outsider attempting to conform to what they see as an ideal um yeah and has a real impact on the psyche
1: yeah and it's and not to mention even now that i just mentioned that that name um the tantalus device is am i right that's the name of it right you've watched it more recently than i have the device that causes the forgetfulness i believe
0: so i've already forgotten <laughs>
1: uh because if if so that means that you know not it combined with with Lethe, you know the Tantalus is is the uh, um, it's when th- uh, it, the, you know the what is it the the thing you're seeking is forever out of reach mm-hmm. you know that's that part of um uh, of Greek mythology of of the guy the guy Tantalus he was punished by being um, Uh, forever put out of reach, I think, of food. Yeah. And so if we get that combined with memory, you know, memory or or, um, the thing that you need to know is forever um, just beyond uh, your capacity to to gain it back. Yeah,
0: it's in my notes here. It's the Tantalus colony. So yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, Tantalus colony. Okay. All right. I couldn't remember if it was the the device, but... um, Yeah,
0: that's a really powerful tie in there um, because forgetting is is powerful and perhaps can have the appeal of saving significant pain but it also makes you less human when you don't remember your pain
1: yes oh absolutely and and even going then back to last episode you know, choose your pain and Lorca says you know we all have our own pain it just depends on I, I forget the exact quote but it, um we it's just we, some of us choose to live with it we need it to know to remember who we are oh my, yeah because um, they kind of hit
0: that on the nose a couple times this episode we're like we oh, get yeah. it already but yes. it does fit in thematically
1: Man, well, we got deep there at the end. I really like that. Um, any,
0: anything else you'd like to, to say before we wrap up? Um, Just my general feel for the season thus far. I am treating this... Yes, oh yeah, your thoughts. Where are you? I am treating this as a Star Trek season one. And by that I mean season ones are rarely... I mean, I don't know. Is there a good season one truly? At least a, good, a strong one? Enterprise. They probably come the closest. Enterprise is the
1: strongest season one. They come
0: the closest. And so that's sort of the forgiveness that I'm extending to the things that make me roll my eyes or have that, really, you just did that moment. I'm putting that all under the umbrella of it's season one. And while I don't want them to mess it up, um, I will forgive it under the season one umbrella. We haven't gotten
1: like a deeply racist episode like Code of Honor or... uh, Stupid move along home, <sighs> or the what the Rumpel the Rumpelstiltskin episode from from Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if wishes were horses, those just infuriate me. Um, we haven't gotten one of those. Honestly, I mean, no episode has been as bad as even the medium. You know, good episodes of, of a first season of of particularly Next Generation New Space Nine.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for all their highs, they did have some real lows. Oof. Now, I do think it's a little yeah. more challenging for Discovery because it's serialized and so yeah. you can't... It's harder to make it... Let's just pretend that episode didn't happen.
1: Right. Oh, we can't. Yeah. I, but I think just... I would hope that they've learned from that, too. You know... From There's 50 years of history. Like, come on. You can't have a, a solid first season. I think these guys at least... They are certainly on much more solid footing than...
0: They the are, line. but I do think they're still finding their feet for this show, yes. which is fine for season one so long yeah. as it gets better as they go, which, fingers right. crossed, we have a new season two announcement that that's going to happen. Yeah, today. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it looks it looks, looks. like that's happening, and, and that is awesome. You know, that at least means... They do get that chance to mm-hmm. you know, to find their footing this year and then take off running next year. Although I, st- I still do question how how far can they go, um, not only just time-wise, but just they can't impact the timeline mm-hmm. as much as they are. Maybe Hey, maybe they get zapped way in the future or, or something crazy like that and, hey, we don't have to worry about it. But, you know, I actually I – would, I would love that. Discovery guys, listen to me. <laughs> go away in the future. We can do it it'll solve all of your problems.
0: And then it'll make more sense than going back and doing another prequel show which does not make sense, but oh, they that's will. where Don't we worry. are. We
1: will get we will get the day after Enterprise ends. You know, that's that will be the next series. It'll be right after that and it'll be <laughs> oh, never mind. Or, you know, how Jonathan Archer's
0: father invo- invented the warp drive. will go back there. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I, know. I think though that I mean, this season I think is is going to be plagued with the problem of how do they do fan service and stay connected with the original while still creating a show of its own identity? That's just going to yep. be season one. I hope they figure that out at some point because as much as I want it to have all the connections, because this is, I mean, th- they could have gotten out of that if they had done a future right. show, but they didn't. And that's, this is what they have. So to they need to solve end. this problem. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so I hope they figure that out um, at some point because even if it departs from Star Trek a little more, In terms of the details if they finally start getting the spirit of the right spirit of it right you know the idea driven the the hope of the future i mean they can have their dark stretch we had dark stretches in deep space nine and it still worked it was still great star trek i hope they figure that out i hope it becomes great star trek and not just decent uh sci-fi watching
1: great i agree well let's leave it with that so where can people find you on on the internet if you want to be found?
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I am a library geek on Twitter. Uh, you can recognize me by my Gilmore Girls profile picture.
1: Yes, and as always, you can find us. We are at the Next Trek on Twitter, and sometimes, uh, more often than not, but uh, more not than often, on Facebook at the Next Trek as well. And. As always, we want you guys to, to join in the conversation. Uh, find us on iTunes and and give us a, a download and a rating there. That would be great. Please, a, a five-star rating would be really delightful. Uh, and, yeah, just keep joining in the conversation with us and and stay tuned for uh, – we've got uh, another interview coming up uh, hopefully early next week that's going to be really, really exciting. And just uh, more, more Star Trek Discovery each and every week. Live long and prosper, everybody.